0: And now for something completely different. Here's
1: what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's turbulent, tenacious, totally unpredictable, time-tested teachings with terribly poor humor, but transforming and towering truths about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't your grandparents' radio show. Let's get ready. Is that great or what? Did you like that? That's that's a good one, right? First, uh, here it is. Uh, We've already talked about this yesterday, and we're going to finish yesterday what we didn't finish because I was so upset I told Chris, look, I have nine verses and I read one. (laughs) It's like, nope, we're going back to it. So we're going to talk about the Lord and the historical and practical and reality elements of the resurrection being the central doctrine of all Christian faith. Everything hinges on the resurrection. Next, we understand there's no bones, but why is that important? It's simple. Every promise from God is guaranteed through Jesus Christ. We talked about that. All the other beliefs point to their prophets and to their tombs. We point to something that's empty because our Savior is isn't in the ground. And finally, how cool are spiritual gifts? We talked about this. They're awesome. I mean, spiritual gifts are pretty cool. Paul said in Romans fifteen nineteen that the people who were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and the wonders by the power of God's spirit, And I just think that's so cool, the power of God activating and working in people. But then again, what's more important and what's more miraculous than you and I saying yes to Jesus and with all of our heart and all of our might 2,000 years later? That, my friends, is a miracle. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities and oive. so much more. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Uh, we just want to ask you, what do you think? You can email us david at he must That's david at he must David with a D and then a an Avid at the end of that. So david at he mustincrease.org. You can text us two one four two one zero eight four eight three. As far as we know, nothing weird would happen. So 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call us at 972-445-0770, you get to talk to Captain Chris. Let me just explain to you about that. That's like my grandmother bringing you... A bowl of her famous matzo ball soup. Why? Because then you will be... Now, of course, that'd be really impressive because she has passed on like 40 years ago. But that's not the point. The point is her matzo ball soup. Oh, oh, my mom. My mom made a good brisket. Grandma matzo ball soup. Just leave it there. Talk about Jewish penicillin. Huh. That is the best. All right, here's the bottom line. Maybe you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. Not a kvetch. We get plenty of that. There's good shows on, on radio. You can kvetch. Which is cool. Just here, we want you to be you know, thinking about being a blessing or just sharing what you need for other people to be a blessing to you. Nothing wrong with that. That's part of the Christian walk, bearing one another. One another's burdens is how we fulfill the law of Christ. It's pretty difficult to do that if we don't know what those burdens are. So it's like, okay, that's fine. And so if you've got a praise report you want to share or a prayer request, anything along those lines, we want you to reach out to us. We will do our best to encourage you, to strengthen you, to pray with you, to be a blessing to you. In the meantime, we do have what we would call a Bible trivia question for you. True or false, Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree. Is that true or false? Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to david at increase.org. Okay, a couple things I want to reset for you. Make sure everybody knows what's going on. We'll send you to the website later, but the pods are back up, so you can always check it out through the pods. That's okie-dokie. Plus, don't forget the app. It's free. It works really good, and we encourage you to do that. Nobody gets anything from that. No information or any kind of personalized stuff takes place. And then we encourage you again to check out the website. Let's do a prayer for Ukraine because we think that's an important part of what we do as a Christian community. So just join your faith with me briefly. Father, we come before you again and we'll keep coming before you until we have resolution, until we are done and and uh, the situation has Uh, brought itself to peace and to closure, and we pray for your peace, your grace, your mercy, your kindness to enter this situation. Part of me just would so desire for you to rearrange the hearts of all the leaders so that they would operate in the fear of the Lord. The king's heart is in your hand. Lord, turn those in those directions where they can bring about peace, where there should be peace, and an end to the war and to the cruelty, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so we got that. We got that. Again, the trivia question for those that are not sure, true or false? Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree. True or false? Again, if you think you know the answer, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. That's the phone number. Text is two one four two one zero eight four eight three, and then the email is david at he must increase dot Okay, okay, all right, all right. Okay. Next segment, I'll tell you the story about the Passover. We'll talk about that. You're going to be like, you guys are going to be going, what? All right. Here's something I want you to understand probably more than any other thing. So you guys are, and, and I like that. And I ask that question. I kind of feel like it's a lead in from the Lord. So that's why I love stuff like that. You're going to have these opportunities to engage with people, and uh, some people may be believers. Some people may be believers but distant. Some people may be not yet believers, and some of those people will be never believers. So let's just, you know, do you can't lie about that. Sometimes that, that's going to take place. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul is uh, in some of his writings. You think, oh, it's really theological. Yeah, I mean, yes, because he I mean, wasn't like you know, just you know writing poetic. Same, he was like really into it, right? But he says something that just follows the line of sequence that's been going on from the very beginning, and as we heard yesterday, from the beginning of time. And that's this. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was appointed to be the Son of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus resurrected from the dead. It's not a coincidence that it was the Holy Spirit and Mary that came together, that brought about the birth of Christ, And then, after Jesus lives his life... What happens? He makes all of these wonderful promises. He makes all of these wonderful commitments. I'm coming again. They're in my house, my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would tell you. There's all these things of peace. I give my peace unto you, not as the world gives it, but, but my peace, which his peace is genuine. He brings calm to the storm. He does all these things. He tells us to lay up treasures in heaven, just keeps going and going. All these great and wonderful things. And then he tells you, this is what. What's gonna be like? We'll be, you know, celebrating in heaven. There's gonna be a great feast in heaven. And all of those statements that he made are so cool, but useless if he can't back it up. Ha! So what does God do using Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit? What does the Father do? He raises him from the dead and go and this is where he go see <laughs> see, I'm right. (laughs) See what I'm saying? It's like, it's the validation. I'll just say this and we'll get the caller and we'll go just a little longer. I was preaching one time in Flagstaff, Arizona. I've told you guys this story before. And I'm preaching. I was making this point and just really getting into it. And I said, if God was in the room right now, if he was manifested right now, he would tell you that it's so. And as soon as I said that, lightning struck and it went, and everybody looked at me. I'm not kidding. They looked right at me. And then I went, See? <laughs> see? See, I'm telling you, there's this point where the Lord's like, that's right. That's right. And Jesus is, see, it is true, was his resurrection. It's like, ah, it's all true. Everything he said is true. It's real. It's the greatest, greatest gift ever. And God has taught us we have many wonderful things to go. All right, let's get the caller, and then they can answer the trivia, and then we'll exit, and we'll just kind of modify the time. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to?
2: Hey, David. It's your friend, Samson. How are
1: you? I'm doing fine, Samson. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, now, this is this is a classic, and I know you know this. Are you ready? Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Zacchaeus. Can I give you
2: a little descriptive answer?
1: Yeah, go ahead and give me a descriptive answer. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, because every day when Zacchaeus was goes to that that road, and there was that tree was there that always blocked his view. So, so the day Jesus was there, so he said, "Oh, I don't want to sick more about this tree. So let me climb on it." So it's true.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll be booking you Fridays and Saturdays at the Christian Comedy <laughs> Club.
2: <laughs> hey, I don't want to be sick more. more about that's this good. They let me climb it.
1: <laughs> For those that didn't catch that, the answer is a true or false. Did he climb a sycamore tree? It's true. Luke chapter yes, nineteen, verse four.
2: Hey, I have a, a theological question. While you are a doctor and you're a Jewish background.
1: Okay. Now, you know I'm not a doctor yet because I still have no patients.
2: Go ahead. Oh, okay, you're very close to be a doctor. Close. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Fire away. Hey, I know sometimes the crit- critique says, like, there Jesus wasn't, according to his word, three days and three nights in the, into the heart of the earth because if he died on Friday, according to the critique, Correct. Christian tradition. How could it be possible that he is getting up on Saturday or Sunday early morning?
1: And have uh, it be three days, so right?
2: I know. Yes. So it doesn't match up with the mathematically. Got it.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Let so, me. You want to hang up or you want to hang on? Yeah. Uh, I'll hang on. Okay. All right. Why don't you hang up, and then I'll give you the answer. We're just going to move around our time, so it doesn't matter. All right. All right. Okay. So hang in there so you can hear the answer. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. Great great call, by the way. Great brother. We love Samson. You guys got to be praying for him. You got to be praying that the Lord blesses him and encourages him and strengthens him and everything else. So we got to just keep him in your prayers. He's a wonderful brother in the Lord. Keeping it simple. Okay? How does Jesus die Friday night? Saturday, he raises Sunday. How's that? Three days. Because in the Jewish custom, okay, and I can guarantee this is true, and I'll tell you how you'll know it's true. Any part of a day is a day. And you're thinking, oh, that's not true. You want to bet? Here's here's I'm going to show you how true it is. Ready? When you go on vacation, <laughs> it's a seven-day vacation, Right? You're only actually at the place for five days. You know it's true, right? You're flying an airplane the other days. It's not really a vacay. Oh, what are you doing? I went on a seven-day vacation. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Any part of a day in the Jewish culture is a full day, anything of the day. And so it was Friday evening, that'd be Friday, and then Saturday, and then Sunday, and that's how it came out to be three days. And that's just something that's in the framework of the culture that has always been the case, just so you can know. Okay? All right. Is that helpful? Okay. All right. Uh, What else are we doing? I don't even know what we're doing. Is he still hanging on? Did he hang up? I don't know what he did. Are you there? Okay. I don't know if he's there or not. Here we go. We're going to exit here, come back. Lots to do. I may tell you my story. It's a classic. That's all I'm going to say to you. It's a classic story about uh, Pesach dinner. You guys will be like, oh, that didn't happen. But no, it really did. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
0: The David Spoon Experience. You don't know what's going to happen in one minute, let alone one hour from now.
1: And God, who it's impossible for God to lie, has made this commitment, made this offer, made this opportunity to both you and me and all of us around. The simplicity is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of that sin, the wages falling short, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God, demonstrating his love for us, sent Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There is nothing more important than that principle right there, the hope that is offered to believers who acknowledge and surrender to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's being offered. That's what gives you encouragement. That's what enables you to go on. You're going to have a lot of sorrow in this life. Job said it best, a man's days are few and full of trouble, but in the next, there is something so wonderful that even in man's mind, we cannot retain it. For eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has, can the heart comprehend, can, can, can't even receive the great things which
0: God has prepared for them that love him. Mm-hmm. There's such a great thing that's coming for us, such a great place, such a wondrous place. But you got to acknowledge the invitation. You got to say yes. Because if you don't say yes, you're not going to that wedding. The wedding of the Lamb. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that rejects it. Don't be that person that lives in sorrow, in grief, and in sadness. Don't be that person. Be the one that says yes so that you can be a part of the great wedding feast, that you can be a part of the great celebration. Life is much more than this 60, 70, 80, 90 years. It's eternity on the line. And if you've already said yes, rest in the comfort. Rest in that place. Rest in that goodness. That all is well. And even on this side, if it's hard, on the other side, it's glorious.
1: Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to offer up our next trivia question. You guys should know this one. In the parable of the two sons, which. Son, when asked by his father, went and worked in the vineyard. In the parable of the two sons, which of them went and worked in the vineyard? Which one? There you go. Yeah, there it is. Okay. All right. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you guys want more from that? No, no. You know, which of the kids? You know, let me Which of the kids? Okay uh it's just that you know billy or bobby i mean which of the two okay uh if you think oh, thinking, know kind of a joke on that one if you know you can call in 972-445-0770 or you can text in 214-210-8483 or you can send an email david at he must increase dot org okay Okay, got that? All right. So, you know, there's two kids and uh uh you just gotta think which of them, right? Billy or Bobby. That's pretty good, right? Is that what we said before? Billy or Bobby? Billy or Bobby. You gotta figure out which one that is. Reach out to us. In the meantime, we got a lot of stuff to cover, like this uh special thing right here, wisdom from children. You ready for wisdom from children? This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one liners. Okay, you ready for this? All right, there we go. All right, this is just wisdom from kids. There's nothing, you know, don't, you know, it's just kids. Okay. Uh, Patrick, age 10. So they were all asked to give a wise, you know, astute saying. Never trust a dog to watch your food. (laughs) See, if you knew, if you were in our house, you would go, that kid gets a medal. (laughs) Are you kidding? Bert, if you put down a tissue, that's his. It doesn't even matter what stage or anything is. It's like, oh, that's mine. Uh, Michael at 14, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer him. <laughs> you, how many times have you had that happen to you? Do I look stupid to you? Huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Michelle said, never tell your mom her diet's not working. <laughs>
0: this is so stupid. Uh,
1: never oh here's Susie at age nine said never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. There you go. That's most people should know. Yep, that makes sense right there. Uh Naomi 15 said, if you want a kitten, start out by asking for a horse. <laughs> That's a wise child right there. Knowing how that goes. Um let's skip that one. Uh, Joel, 10 years old. Don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. No, that's just solid right there. And then the last one uh, is a little spiritual. Uh, Eileen said, at age 8, never try to baptize a cat. Okay. What do you think? Those were pretty good, huh? Some good advice.
0: Yeah. Those were...
1: A lot more wisdom there than people think, I would say. All right, so there's this parable about two sons uh, that were asked by the father to go work, and uh, they both uh, had uh, uh, interesting responses. Uh, Which of the two went and worked in the vineyard? Okay? All right. All right. Now, I'm going to ask Joanne and Corday. are those laughy faces or just goofy faces? I don't know what those are. I'm just going to let them figure that out. Uh, I, I can't decide whether I should tell you this. I'll do it in the next one. Okay, I can do it in this one. All right. So for those who don't know, because our time is limited, we have—I was born and raised Jewish. Went to a private Hebrew school. And in that process, for those who are trying to figure out Passover, most of you actually have a pretty good grasp on Passover. I don't talk about it a lot, not because I don't appreciate it. I love it. Passover is like the Passover that took place in the Old Testament was the foreshadowing of what happened for us, the blood of the lamb at the front of the door. That made it so that there was no judgment from the avenging angel for uh, that particular plague that was put upon Egypt, by the way, was um, the 10th and the final one that broke the straw kind of thing, broke the camel's back kind of mentality. Uh, all of the children of Israel who were uh, were the the angel, the avenging angel going to kill people and it's like, if there's blood on the door, he wouldn't do it. Like, pfft, blood on the door. Make sure there's blood on the door. Everybody make sure there's blood on the door. Nobody died in the, all, all the land of Israel. So most people know that, okay? I mean, they know the story and what a close connection that is and a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ who by his blood, on our door of our lives, we are not going to get uh, what the avenging angel could bring upon us, okay? Uh, the spirit of death, the angel of death, however you want to call it, that's fine. I, I, I'm not, that, that part's good. And I think what happened is, and we'll go long on this, the church uh, has adapted certain uh, elements in the Passover, the Pesach dinner, that has to do with a scriptural reference, and they've brought it in, into a New Testament framework, and I don't think any of that's bad, especially uh, when you—I I saw a great presentation on the Afi Komen, which is uh, the piece of matzah that they will—in the tradition, they will hide that, and whoever finds the matzah, that person gets some kind of prize, okay? It's like one of the things you do in order to make your kids not rebel too early. So—and uh, my dad it was always a $20 bill, and he would hide it, although you know where he would hide it, it like— it, we had lamps that hung from the ceiling. Like, he put it in the lamp. And I only found it because I was at the top of the stairs getting ready to fire down the stairs on a on a Monopoly board underneath my pillow. So that's how we used to go. And I was up there, and it was at the same level of the light, and that's when I saw it. Anyhow, let me explain to you how it went for us. Uh, the traditions are great if they are based in faith, and then the traditions are horrible if they're or not horrible, but meaning this, if they're not based with some kind of faith. In other words, when you when you get involved in a tradition, you do it, uh, and and it's supposed to be in respect for what took place prior, and it's supposed to be a memorial. But when we grew up, it wasn't presented that way. It was done because this is why it was done, because we had to do it. Because they were told by their parents they had to do it, but nobody knew why they were doing it. They were just doing it, and they never. I was texting with Eric earlier today. They never really like it wasn't like a keeping kosher thing on our and our family because our family was reformed. They weren't Orthodox or anything along those lines. Even when I went to private Hebrew school, it wasn't Orthodox. I mean, I didn't have to have Pesach. I, mean, I didn't have to have a you know uh, well you had to have a yarmulke, but that's a little different. So it, it was not quite the same way. So most of us went through it to survive it. And whatever the experience was, if you could find the matzo, you'd get money. <laughs> if you could, you know, if they brought presents or candy or something, you can get it. That was good, right? That part was good. But I'll tell you one particular story and we'll exit. This is my biggest memory of Passover. So again, the biblical Passover, the New Testament, completely connected, a foreshadowing of what's coming through Christ. In fact, if you've not read that, you should. It's unbelievable how closely connected the life of Jesus Christ is to being the sacrificial lamb that was up against the door that saved the children of Israel from being judged. In our household, we were having our typical dinner, and we only ate in one particular dining room maybe three times a year. Pesach dinner was one of those times. We had something called the four questions. The four it's the Manish Tanah. Manish Tanah Halalaza Shabikol And and so this is what this is is a Jewish rendering of four questions. Why do we sit different this day than other days? You know, it's kind of an inquisitive thing. Okay. And the whole tradition is the youngest child is supposed to ask the questions. And so my mom was really glad that I went to private Hebrew school because I was able to do it in fifth grade. Normally you have to be older to do it. And da da da, da. Okay. So one year we're doing it, we're having dinner. And one of the traditions, <laughs> just listen, is you leave the door open just a crack, because then if Elijah comes by, I'm just telling you the tradition. I'm not telling you any biblical anything. Then the the door is open for him. And you say, well, where'd that come from? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> that's not in any. That's, it's not in anything. So I don't know. It's a tradition that's passed on. So in our house, when you sat at the big table, my mom had this beautiful, expensive – did I say expensive? Expensive white tablecloth. I mean, I mean expensive. And at the dinner, everybody had wine sitting in front of them. That's part of their tradition. And then they were serving and we're going through the process and – the door that you left open was just like a little crack. Like, I can't explain. It's like like an inch or two. And the real thing there is that it's Michigan. You know, it's the weather. It depends on what the weather is. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So we're all eating dinner and uh, we're sitting there and, uh, uh, you know, everybody's uh, kibitzing and talking and sharing. And then my mom makes this comment about a glass of wine. And she's like, Where did that wine go? Right? As soon as she said, and I am not kidding you, this was real. As soon as she said that, the door opened like from one inch to like three feet. And everybody turned their head to look at the door. And then everybody looked back at the wine glass, which was empty. And for a split second, I think everybody in the room thought, uh-oh. <laughs> like this one second. They're all like, uh-oh, what just happened, right? Okay, so what it turned out to be is... At the same time that the wind blew the door open, there was a crack in the glass and the wine had seeped down, went underneath into the tablecloth and then onto the carpet, which was a whole separate issue. Uh, But for a moment, it was as though the Lord was present. (laughs) Okay, But after that, (laughs) uh, it was all about the kids cleaning everything up. Just so you can know, that's how Passover was in my life in the parable of the two sons which son when asked by his father went and worked in the vineyard the answer is the first one who said i will not go but then he went and did the work and the other one said oh sure i'll go and then he never did it right okay we'll take our break and then come back you're listening to the david spoon experience right here on KAAM 770 the truth station here in texas short break we'll be back don't go anywhere
3: What is the David Spoon experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What
1: do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on.
3: Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you?
1: Do you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question? We don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. To.
3: And last but not least, do you love some trivia all
1: right we got our trivia question uh who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together somebody want to answer the trivia question oh okay hold on hold on here, you go, here you go. this is david who am i talking to
3: we're talking to mary
2: this is al this is brother Ace. this is eric
3: this is deborah now if that doesn't make you curious maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself
1: Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me.
3: Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? It's Dominic the Donkey, Jingin' the jing. the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 Oh that is La 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 La
2: La La La. You asked for Zany, my friend. Uh,
1: welcome back to the David Spoon experience. So we being not completely unlike you know christmas vacation in chevy chase and so on and so forth we we got a really big tree slapped it up on the car of course it scratched the car to no end remember i'm jewish and i'm trying to follow the christmas holiday it's got nothing to do with my christianity (laughs) I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time and we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year, but you're talking about me fighting a tree and I'm fighting the tree and I'm fighting the tree and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately what I hacked off with the, with the ax wasn't enough. Because I was right there again, holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door, trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then, instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces by this point i have decided that christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting christmas presents have created and jewish people who believe in jesus should not be celebrating christmas and i'm crashing and i've got the axe and i'm crushing and i'm gonna get this tree in and you would not believe it but after doing that for 15 minutes i still could not get the tree in the house Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I know there's a lot of people going, okay, enough of the stories, get to the teaching, and I am going to. But that was a kind of a cute story. I mean, it's real, so what happened? You know, I, can't, I like the stories. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, the wine seeped down. And then it got on the carpet. I won't tell you about that part. That's... As for another time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here you go. Let's see if you can answer this trivia question. In the interpretation of the parable of the sower. So Jesus told the parable of the sower. The sower went out to sow seed. What does the seed represent? In the parable of the sower, the sower went out to sow the seed. What does the seed represent? Okay, and the parable of the sower. If you think you know, you can. That's a good one. I uh, think you know. You can call in nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three, or you can send an email to David at he must We also are going to send you to the website. Uh, The reason that we're going to do that is because that is a great place to give. Plus, put up your prayer requests or praise reports. Plus, I want you to just kind of know what's going on with the ministry. It helps. It won't do anything weird. It won't seize you and then tell you to do things like, buy David pizza. It won't do that. Uh, But it's still interesting nonetheless. Check it out at hemustincrease.org. Prayer
3: request. Hemustincrease.org. Praise report
1: he must increase.org
3: looking to give to this ministry
1: he must increase.org
3: confused by what's happening right now he must increase.org he must increase.org
1: that's too short i'm telling you it's got to have a comeback to it like
3: you're spoiled now i
1: know you you, see you never should have listened to me when i told you to do that one that had all of them because now i'm like wait where's the rest of them All right, uh, straightforward in the interpretation of the parable of the sower, what does the seed represent? What does the seed represent? So I'm going to allow, like, some movement in this one because different translations will give you kind of a different. but everybody should be on the same track on it, and that's what I'm looking for, okay? All right, if you think you know, reach out to us, 972445.com zero seven seven zero uh again if you want to take a shot at it you' are welcome to do that nobody's gonna we don't typically bite people's heads off do we I don't think so that's like a that's like a, a concert thing we, we haven't done that in years uh two one four two one zero eight four eight three as well David at he must increase org. let's do briefly history and then get into the text go ahead far away let's
2: go. Let's...
1: Oh, get somebody calling in. We will. I'll give me the history real quickly. Today is Look Up at the Sky Day. I I don't know. I don't know what that. I mean, I just I'm I'm just working through that. It's National Bookmobile Day. I'm for that. I support that. National Pecan Day. Okay, that's good. Uh, National Moments of Laughter Day. Oh, that's good. And then International Be Kind to Lawyers Day. So because of that, I won't tell my lawyer a joke. Okay. Uh, 1849 on this day, the first edition of Webster's Dictionary. How about that? That's uh, pretty amazing. And then 1912 on this day, the sinking of the Titanic, the unsinkable ship. Never, ever, ever build something and say even God. You know, the people are like, well, that wasn't said. Yes, it was. It, it was just said differently. But the idea was, you know, God wouldn't even, you know, couldn't even. It's like that's never, never, ever, 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 ever say stuff like that, ever. And then in 1927, the first uh, Volvo is manufactured. It was boxy, but it's safe. Those people should uh, see. That's a great line, <laughs> right there. Person's ready to answer a trivia question. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Roger again. Hey, Roger again. How are you, brother? <laughs> you gave me that name. You know. I know. You're stuck with it. That's the bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: stuck with. Back with the name.
1: Uh, It's a a great name. Everybody knows who you are. Just when you say, it's Roger again, Roger again, here he is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend, I'm going to give a little room on this one because there's a little movement, and it's okay for that movement, but in general, the interpretation of the parable of the sower, what does the seed represent?
2: Well, the seed represents money, and uh, you put your money into good ground, which is your ministry, and you it's called offering.
1: Okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to back that up to think about that parable of the sower, because that's the one—I know which one you're talking about, but it's a different parable that we're looking at. This is the one where something is being put out, and the devil snatches it away from certain people. Do you remember which one that is? Remember the devil— uh, he what what the, what He's does the just, devil snatch away from people when it's when it's seeded to them?
2: Well, uh, your testimony.
1: Yep, keep going. And 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 what about what God? What about God's testimony?
2: <laughs>
1: you, you got me. All right. That's all right, brother. See, you're this funny? is why we do it. So the seed represents the Word of God. Okay, and, there so, you go. and that's the devil snatches that. So, <laughs> I knew that.
2: That's okay. I, I stuck on my answer. <laughs> well, you, you,
1: but you have you have two different parables going, which is there's nothing wrong with that. We fully understand that. So you could say it's the good news, it's the gospel, it's the word right. of God. That's where the we want to And, and that, I knew that
2: too, but yeah, it just went over my head. Well,
1: nah, it over your you head. You, you know, you're, you, are smart. <laughs> You 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 are a wise and joyful man. In fact, you're one of the most joyful people I know, which makes you one of the wisest people I know.
2: There well, you go. You know the joy of the Lord is our strength.
1: Amen, brother.
2: Amen. You got to have, and you need. I need all the strength I can get to get through. To get through. Exactly that's right. The, <laughs> that's what we need to do. Is we got to get through. Yep. And. Good job, brother. What I believe is that I am an overcomer and I am going to be an overcomer till the end.
1: That's right. And at the end, you will really overcome because when you overcome death, that'll be it. (laughs) That'll be the big one.
2: Step through, you know. What a whole lot of people don't realize, though, is everybody's going to have to face that day. Yep. And they are going to see the gate. They just might not get in. Exactly. You know what? That's true.
1: They're gonna. Everybody's gonna see it. It just depends on how they're gonna. What's gonna happen when they do? <laughs> right. Good job, so, brother. Yeah.
2: Good job. When the, the death and then the judgment.
1: Yep. 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 They're
2: gonna know. <laughs> well, bless yeah, you, bro. Know.
1: Bless you a hundredfold. Anyway, uh
2: it's so good to hear from me. I was trying to give you a plug that you're good ground to put seed into yeah
1: <laughs> love it there you go all right bro god bless yeah, you out. oh no right here god bless you man
2: all right god bless you bye-bye so see you later
1: bye-bye. bye he's a hoot love him all right so uh we'll i think we'll just skip the yeah well, i don't know if we'll take the break uh. I got too much to talk to you guys about, okay? And I want to do this one thing, which I think is really important, okay? Like this is like one of the most important things. You, we're getting ready to enjoy Easter as a celebration, and there's, again, there's of course there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just silly. Where people are like, well, it's like Christmas; they've commercialized it. When you get five or six churches getting together with different denominations, and they celebrate the, the risen Christ. There's there's Not only is there nothing wrong with that, that's just exactly, exactly what we should be doing. And in fact, you know, in some gatherings, they get together with not five, but 10 and 15 and 20. In some places of the world, they have to huddle together in secret— even though they have different backgrounds, and they don't care about the backgrounds, they care about their loyalty to Jesus Christ. And it's like, that is just, it's just like the greatest stuff there is. Here's something I want you to go with, okay? And I'm going to use my time, and we'll just see how I get through it. <laughs> I, I might ask you a trivia question in the middle of it, but we'll just see what happens, okay? Okay. 1 Peter chapter 1 which we have been talking about which we have been we've gone through 1 Peter I want to go back to a portion that we talked about and here in 1 Peter chapter 1 it says Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect exiles scattered throughout province the provinces of Pontus uh, Pontus Galatia Cappadocia Asia, Asia and Bithynia who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to the obedience to Jesus Christ, sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. So I always love that text because <clears throat> what it does is it shows you in the framework of salvation, it's the foreknowledge of God the Father, it's the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, and it's obedience to Jesus Christ and his blood that's sprinkled upon us. You get, it's like, that's so cool, right? That's why there's unity. It's not a denominational thing, especially because these are five different uh, provinces, and they, people have different cultures and different approaches, but they're all one in Christ. The verse 3, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, these are these passages that you read and that the pastor will read on on this day, but these are the passages that we should be embracing on a more regular basis than once a year. Listen to the amount of truth. That's, we've got this whole other section, but just listen to this amount of truth that's here. God has given you and I a new birth. That is the time when you and me and everybody else went ding. Hey, he's real. That's like that moment that your brain and your heart begin to recognize hey, There's something to this. Now, some kids are fortunate enough to grow into a home where they do a good job of that. Some kids grow into a home, and it's more uh, legalistic, and then they get out, and it's like, that doesn't work out very good. But there's this point in life where you begin to recognize, and some people go through many, many years and come back to it. None of that's talked about. What's being talked about is that there is the ding. There is the ding, bell goes off, and you're like, wait a minute. All of a sudden, somehow, even though you didn't realize it before or you realized it, forgot it, now you realize it again, the Bible actually is something that has something interesting to say. It's like it came out of nowhere. Like, Where did that come from? How did I not know that earlier? All of these great things that are in there. And you become born again. Your dead spirit becomes alive to God through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, which makes you alive again. And what does it do is when you get into a new birth, there's this thing that comes into your life that changes everything else about life, and that's called a living hope. And that is what the resurrection brings to the oldest, youngest, and not yet Christian. A living hope that there is, watch this, Something beyond what you can perceive. Something beyond the parameters you have. And and don't misunderstand. I, I fully grasp you and me trying to cover every single possible angle of every scenario that we feel needs all of our energy and attention. And then when you exhaust it all, because of the resurrection. There's still this thing inside you that says, and yet, God can still do something cool here. And you don't even say it that way, or I don't say it that way to myself. But I always think, especially after I've exhausted everything, because I'm good at that. I, I mean, I'll run it down, you know, I'll gnaw on that bone till there's nothing left, right? But then you, when you're done, and you're just like,
2: ah. ah
1: there's this thing in the back of your mind, in the back of your heart. It, it's most likely your spirit being connected to the Holy Spirit. It just speaks to you that there is more yet to come, that there's a living hope, that somehow you can still push past and push through. Somehow, some way, some weird thing where you know God can change it all in a moment. He hasn't done it before this way, or he hasn't done this this way, or hasn't done it in your life this way, because that's really what we should be saying. And yet you know it only takes a moment for a miracle. It only takes God one—I mean, a moment. You know what a moment is? A moment is faster than a wink. It's a moment. It's like, bing, okay, and it's like a twinkling. And you know what a twinkling of valley is? When you wink, you wink every, I think it's one like hundredth of a second or something like that. When you twinkle, you don't even know what it is. It just, bing, twinkle, done. <laughs> it's like, that's that little light in your eye. And that's how fast a miracle can come. And that living hope you have is because of all the things that God has ever done, he took a dead body and raised it. And said, alive and alive forevermore, not to die again. I think that part gets lost in the Christian faith because we have had resurrections and those people died again. Lazarus died again. But Jesus resurrected and ascended. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen with us. Now, is it going to happen in the rapture format? I hope so. Is it going to happen after I die and then the rapture will take place? I don't know. God God gives me some general ideas. I have some pretty good notions. I think all the schools of theology are really good. Here's what I know. If I die before he comes, I'm getting there before the people that are alive. (laughs) Because that's what it says. Those who are in the ground will precede. And if I'm alive when it happens, I just want that one millisecond to go, ha you know, like, (laughs) I know it's terrible, but I just want it. But the point that I'm making is it's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have a living hope. Listen to the verse, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. And some of you are out there right now, and you're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and you have tapped out or given up on the living hope. And you can't do that. Because God is not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. He's not done with this uh, show. He's not done with this city, this state, this country. or he's not done with the planet. When he's done, we're all going to know. It's all going to be together. We're like going, hey, what's that sound? It's over. But between now and then, there's this living hope. And for those of you that have let that hope go, I want to remind you, especially because it's Easter, that the resurrection affirms that living hope in you. It brings it back. And for those who have had bitter pills to swallow, don't tell me you ha- haven't had bitter pills to swallow. All you got to do is read, uh, read any of the read Ruth. You'll find out that that Naomi she changed her name. She's just so depressed. She just call me Mara. I'm depressed. That's what she did. Everything's lousy, right? And yet, at the end, when it was all lost, God still brought the redemption through. And yet, all the disciples sitting there, seeing Jesus die, and thinking. He was the one, man. He was the guy. That was going to be it. It's over. No, it's done. They were wrong. And the resurrection changed everything for everybody, including you. So, I don't it doesn't bother me if you're well-seasoned or if you're new or if you're not yet because the Christian hope that ability to believe that God inserts himself helps people, loves people, touches people, strengthens people, rescues people, delivers people, heals people, encourages people, helps people even from a financial, from a provisional point of view. That element of God is alive and well, and the testimony from God to you and me is that resurrection, that no-bones uh, tomb where there is nobody there, there is nothing there of evidence just... Jesus isn't in the ground, he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for the people of God. I mean, could you have anybody better praying for you? And so that's taking place, and you should look at that, and that's where the exercise of faith comes into play. I wasn't there, but I believe it happened. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is, and a rewarder of those who seek him. And the whole process is because God said, look at this statement I'm making to you. I'm taking a dead person. I'm I'm raising this person fully righteous, and he was fully righteous before, fully righteous now, and he's ascended and will never die again. That's what you have to look forward to. And every other trial and problem we have is superbly insignificant compared to that living forever thing. It's like, wait, 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 wait. living forever? And we think 80, 120 years. Wow, what a long life. <laughs> uh, you can just see the angels in heaven going, oh, they're, they're there again.
0: Those lunatics, them. <laughs>
1: you know, it's just, you just think they're, because they already know, Right? And there's and something I was reading today. Just so unbelievable. Listen to this. It's so powerful that even in Mark chapter 3, when the demons saw Jesus coming into the village, the scripture says they saw him and they bowed down and they confessed, you are the one. And then you have to think of Philippians 2, 10 and 11, which says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the demons knew what was going on. Uh-oh, he's here. It's trouble right? That's the source of your hope. And your problem is bigger than he is? (laughs) I don't think there's a planet, a planetoid that's bigger than he There's nothing. So my encouragement for you on this Easter weekend as we approach it, is to recognize that resurrection for all it is. It is the core of our belief. It is what gives us a living hope. It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It gave us a new birth. It keeps us going. It sustains us. It strengthens us. The gospel not only saves us, us, but it keeps us, and it's something that we can hang on to because hope is alive. Because so is Jesus Christ. I'm liking that, right? I mean that's pretty good, right? That's not too shabby. All right, I don't know. do we cover everything? I can't think of it. Do we cover yeah everything all right. Hey, when they talk when they're talking about the resurrection, you take every ounce of everything you know as a Christian and you go, it's all from that right there.
0: How good is that?
1: That and a quarter? That's what I said. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Dot DN. Thanks a lot for all the
2: blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot for all.
0: Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.